Well, we're in part two of a three-part series called The Power of Hope. And last week, we talked about the hope that we have. We read these words from the Apostle Peter in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. He says, Praise God. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. Now, what we talked about last week is that no matter what we find ourselves putting our hope in, our ultimate hope, our living hope is found in Jesus Christ. And specifically, it's found in a relationship with Jesus. We talked about this question. How's your relationship with Jesus going? Not what do you know about Jesus, but how's your relationship with Jesus? Well, Peter goes through the first section of this first chapter of his letter, and he's expounding upon this idea that we have this great hope in Jesus. And then in the second section of chapter one, he, he, he transitions and he says, okay, now that you have this hope in Jesus Christ, you need to live like Jesus Christ. It reminds me of those Michael Jordan Gatorade commercials from way back when. You know, I want to be, I want to be like Mike, like Mike, if I could be like Mike. The idea here Peter is driving at is if we've got our hope in Jesus, we need to live like Jesus. We need to be like Jesus. So he's going through and he's making this argument. And then he gets to verse 22, which is the verse I want to key in on today. And this is what he writes. He says, now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other. Now, if you're like purified yourselves, what, you, what is he talking about? Obeying the truth. Well, here's the deal. Um, the way that we would be purified is by putting our faith in Jesus Christ. So, so this idea of purification is essentially this notion that there's nothing we can do to be on the same level as God. It's only through faith in Jesus Christ. And by putting our faith in him, we are considered righteous. We are purified by that truth of what he's done for us. So Peter is saying that now that you've done that, now that you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, okay, and, and you're living that out, he says, love one another deeply from the heart. Now that Greek word, when he says love deeply, the word deeply is the original Greek word ektenos. Now, ek means out and tenos means stretch. It's where we get the word tension from. So literally, it's this love that stretches us out. Now, you might say, Derek, that sounds terrible. I mean, I hate stretching. I, I hate being stretched, especially when I'm stressed. Well, I'd have to agree with you. I hate stretching as well. I mean, I can't even touch my toes. That's how inflexible I am. And you know, it, this was never a problem until a few years ago. And now I found that if I don't stretch before I do some sort of like crazy physical activity, you know what I find myself holding? One of these. I find myself in a physical therapist's office and I'm, I'm doing all sorts of stretches and small muscle group movements to kind of just repair and rebuild whatever I, whatever I messed up. And what, what Peter is getting at here is that the kind of love that we have to love others with, we have to love one another with, is an ectenos. It's a stretching sort of love. Now, you may say, Derek, I want nothing to do with that kind of thing. I don't want to be stretched right now. I'm stretched so far, I can't stretch anymore. And I get it. I remember when I was in college, it was my junior year, finals week, 
my anxiety was through the roof. And somebody came to me in the midst of that week and they said, hey, we need somebody to go and serve downtown at at this homeless shelter to serve dinner. And I was like thinking, are you crazy? There's no way I'm going to do that. I, I can't possibly. I was so consumed with my with myself and everything that I had going on. There was no way that I was going to do that. But as it turned out, I ended up going. And that was the best possible thing I could have done. Yes, it stretched me. But here's the thing. It took me outside of myself. And I came home with just a totally different perspective. I came back with peace and focus, and clarity, and man, I sailed through the rest of that finals week. What Peter is reminding us here, okay, you got to remember, his original listeners, these were exiled Christians scattered all over modern-day Turkey. They were fearing daily for their lives, and what he was telling them is, you, in the midst of everything you're going through, remember your hope in Jesus, and then love one another, in a way that stretches you. You need this. And I gotta tell you, in the midst of COVID, in the midst of everything that you're facing right now, these words from Peter are so critically important. We need to love in a way that stretches us beyond ourselves. Now, Peter's words come directly from Jesus. Jesus wanted to make sure that Peter knew what was most important. And so the last night, that Jesus with, with Peter and his disciples, he said, I am going to make, I'm going to just make an indelible impression upon them. And so he invites them to, to have what he knew was going to be his last meal with them. And before the meal, he did something completely outrageous. He washed all of the disciples' feet. Now, I don't know how you feel about feet. I'm not really a foot person, but if you think 2000 years ago, how disgusting feet must have been like we're, we're talking about you know the middle east and and sanitation's not so great and and just you got people walking barefoot with sandals and jesus washes their feet this was so outrageous that peter said no 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 you are not washing my feet jesus jesus finally does and then as they're then debriefing jesus says to them he basically tells them the whole reason why he washed their feet He says in John 13, 34, he says, a new command I give you, love one another. Now, those words weren't actually new, but what he says next, that's what's new. He says, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And the word there that Jesus uses in the Greek for love is not eros, which is a romantic love. It's not phileo, which is a love between friends. It is agape, which is a selfless, sacrificial love. Jesus says, as I have loved you by washing your feet and what he would ultimately do, dying a death on the cross, swallowing up sin and death on our behalf, that is how you are to love one another. Now, I got to tell you, this is my favorite verse in the entire Bible because If you're trying to sum up Christianity in one sentence, like if you're trying to figure out what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to live the Christian life? I mean, the Bible, it's so big. There's so much in there. You know, what does it mean ultimately? What does it look like to follow Jesus? It's as simple as this. As Jesus has loved you, so you must love one another. Those are our marching orders from Jesus Christ. He goes on to say in the next verse, 
By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. What Jesus is is telling Peter, and this is what he's passing on in his letter to us, is that the way that hope spreads in this world is when we love like Jesus loved us. Now, Peter and the early church, they completely embraced this idea. I want to read to you from uh, the gospel writer Luke's account in Acts chapter 4, 32 and 34. This is a historical account of the early church. Check out how they are absolutely loving like Jesus loved. Luke writes, All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them that there were no needy persons among them. Think about that. God's grace was so powerfully at work that there were no needy persons among them. And you got to remember, this is 2,000 years ago in the Roman Empire, okay? There's no homeless shelters. There's no soup kitchens. There's no orphanages. There's no hospitals, Okay, I mean, if you were a needy person, if you were a widow, you were an orphan, you were sick, you were poor, you were going to be destitute, you were going to be enslaved, or you were going to be dead. I mean, that's just how it was back then 2,000 years ago. And yet, these followers of Jesus said, you know what? We have to love like Jesus loved in a way that stretches us. And as powerful as it was for them to proclaim the words, guess what? Jesus has risen from the dead. We've seen him. As powerful as that was, the most powerful thing was how they loved like Jesus loved. And this love transcended ethnic, cultural, and socioeconomic divides as well. Look at the Apostle Paul's words in Galatians 3.28. You got to remember, this is 2,000 years ago when he writes this. There is neither Jew nor Gentile. I mean, you couldn't have two more different types of groups of people. Neither slave nor free. Think about that. Nor is there male and female. I mean, genders weren't even on the same plane 2,000 years ago. He says, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And so what we have is this mighty Roman empire doing everything in its power to stamp out and eradicate Christianity. And yet, for everything that the Roman Empire was doing to oppress and kill Christians, these followers of Jesus simply continued to love as Jesus loved. And as a result of that, the empire that was responsible for crucifying Jesus Christ just a few centuries later was the same empire that adopted Jesus as its Lord and Savior. That is the power of loving like Jesus loved us. And that is how hope spreads. So how do we love like this? What does this look like? Well, a few years ago, we did a series on racial reconciliation and we had a guy named Daryl Davis who came out and spoke. And uh, Daryl is a a very, very accomplished African-American musician 
but he's actually most famous for his work in converting hundreds of members of the KKK. And I remember as he spoke, and one of the things that that he was sharing is just, you know, he was just telling stories of how this happened. And um, and I remember he was he held up this this robe from the Grand Wizard of the Maryland chapter of the KKK, who had who had given his robe over to Daryl Davis. He'd completely renounced all of these racist beliefs. And and I kept waiting for Daryl to share like his strategy, you know, like what what how did he actually do this? How did he convince them? And you know, basically what what Daryl said was that there was there was no strategy. In fact, he said he said, I, I didn't have an agenda. There was no agenda. And you know what? That's exactly the point. That's what it means to love in, in a tenos sort of way, in an agape love sort of way. It means you love unconditionally. You don't have an agenda. He simply sought to listen and learn. He just wanted to know the answer to this question. How could you hate me if you don't even know me? And through those discussions and him getting to know them and them getting to know him, that's where everything changed. And here's the point. It's so important for us to love, to really love in a way that stretches us with an agape love, a love like Jesus love. It's really important to do that with those who are similar to us, those in our inner circle. In fact, for you today, you may have a spouse that you need to extend this sort of love to. It may be a family member. It may be a close friend. Okay. And, and you need to do that. But man, if you really want to apply this, if you really want to be stretched in the way that Peter is talking about, love somebody different than you. I mean, we couldn't be more divided right now as a country. And I'm not just talking politically. I'm talking socioeconomically, culturally, ethnically. I mean, we are so polarized right now. And what we need so desperately, what the church needs to do is we need to come together. We need to love those who believe and behave differently than us. We need to stretch and we need to love unconditionally and seek to better understand. Who can you listen to and learn from in love today? Because hope spreads when we love like Jesus loved us. Now, you may be going, Derek, that's so great. You know, you're all excited about, you know, being stretched, but still, I am so stressed out. I mean, I don't have the bandwidth for this, man. And and I want to say, I, I totally hear you. But here's actually the good news. When you get to a place where you're at the end of yourself, where you're so stretched, you don't have anything left to give. That's exactly when Jesus is at his best for you. You see, Jesus, it's him, it's his power, it's his love inside of you that allows you to love the way that he loved. So I just want to encourage you, push into that, push into that relationship with Jesus and the love that is inside of you through the spirit of Christ that's living in you. So before we close, I want to just let you know where we're heading next week in the final part of this series about hope. So next week, we're all going to come together to unleash hope on our community. 
Now, obviously, we're not going to be able to come together physically. And I know it's a, it's a bummer because this is, this is the time of year when we, when we usually get together around the holidays and we pack all those meals. And unfortunately, we won't be able to do that this year. And, um, and the good news is we're still going to send those meals where they need to go. We're just not going to be the ones uh, who are going to put those together. So we're going to be coming together, not physically, but we're going to come together financially to unleash hope on our community. And let me tell you how this is going to work. So we have a number of different nonprofit partners that we call our compassion and justice partners. These are partner organizations that we, uh, that we support financially as a church. And we also, um, support through many of you guys uh, serving as volunteers with these different organizations. And so we've been in contact with a number of our compassion and justice partners to find out how can we bless them this holiday season? What, you know, with COVID going on and just with extra needs or extra projects or extra things that they're, they're wondering about or dreaming of for ways that they could be a blessing. How could we come alongside them? And so I'm so excited. We're going to talk about this next week, but we have identified a whole bunch of different projects that are going to make a major difference for our partner organizations and are going to help them to make a major difference for those in need in our community. So next Sunday, November 22nd, what we're doing is every single dollar that comes into Grace Community Church through our offerings is going to go out to our community partners. And not only on that Sunday, but we're going to do this for the entire week going through the Saturday of Thanksgiving weekend. So for an entire seven days, every dollar that comes in, we are going to send out to be a blessing to our community. And I just want to just challenge you, be a part of this. Let's every single one of us come together to unleash hope to our community. Well, um, I, I hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. And I just want to remind you one more time. Hope spreads when we love like Jesus loved us. So I want to ask you one more time. How can you love like that today? Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for the reminder that you have called us, even in difficult times, to love like you have loved us. God, please show us how we can love like you loved us today. In Christ's name, amen.